0: We've gone to the top this week. Uh, We've got the CEO of Baseball Australia with us, Glenn Williams. Glenn, welcome.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Now, I like to either start the podcast with forgetting to hit record, uh, screwing up uh, a position title or telling a terrible story. Um, I've hit record. I got your title right, so I'm going to go with the terrible story. Um, You were the first guy I ever played against who swung a wooden bat in a game. And I right. expect you to have no recollection of this because my contribution to the game was standing at shortstop and I think popping out three times weekly to, to right field. Uh, but it was a state schoolboys tournament in 1993 showing my age and yours. Um, I yep. think it was in Lismore.
1: Yeah, would have been Lismore for yep. sure.
0: And uh, these West Australian um, dimwits got together and were like, oh, this guy's swinging wood let's just pump it inside and splinter that thing. And on that day, on that day some young west australian dimwits were educated that uh you don't really sign a professional contract if you can't handle 81 on the inner third. So um that was kind of my introduction to oh that's what it takes to play professional baseball and ah they can handle the fastball in. So uh baseball's a small world in australia. It's uh it's funny how you cross paths with people and it's funny that I still remember that tale, but uh, appreciate you being here. Um, <clears throat> so I guess that sort of is a good point, good place to start. I'd be really keen to kind of get to how um, how you end up as the CEO of Baseball Australia, uh, from what I can tell, and we're sort of chatting offline, you've spent most of your professional career in and around baseball, so not some guys just swanned into the sport, but I'd be really keen to sort of get Quick overview of your background and, and particularly how um, how the game has evolved from a professional perspective when you first entered it. That was really interesting talking to Peter Moyland about some of the really basic level stuff that he experienced um, across his career. I'd be really keen to hear from you how it changed from when you first signed to what you see now.
1: Yeah, definitely not. It's um, yeah, it's definitely it's been a long journey for me. So um, yeah, not long after that uh, that Lismore tournament, I was um, off to the US and. Um, yeah went as a 16 year old um, over to professional baseball and spent 15 years doing it and then um, yeah fortunate to be kind of back um, in Australia and in and around national teams you know throughout my playing career and then coaching career and um, administrative career so um, yeah I've been around the game a fair bit and and had a chance to be able to kind of experience at a lot of different levels so um, yeah love it Um, you know love love being involved in it Have, have you know, cherished every opportunity that I've, I've been given. And i um, excited to be in the CEO's role now and, and try and apply some of that experience that I've had and um, and help ga- help grow the game, um, you know, at multiple levels. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to be able to do it. But, yeah, def- definitely the game has, has changed a lot, um, you know, from a professional perspective. When I first headed over as a 16-year-old, it was, um, you know, one of those, uh, I guess, attitudes of, of teams. You know, the more, more, uh, more reps you get, um, the better you'll get. And, um, you know, kind of just... You know, go throw them out there and and you know get as many at bats as possible. And um, I hadn't lifted a weight, um, you know since when I left Australia and you know kind of straight into the weight room and and you know probably the volume of work um that I had to put up with you know right away was was something that was a real challenge for me. And you know looking at you know how I guess player development and and you know athletic development's changed over the last um you know x amount of years. The um you know I guess the the application of of actually being you know, really planned out and having, um, you know, detailed plans on, on what, you know, should and shouldn't be happening. And then also to the access to, you know, training information and, um, you know, programming and the like, pride athletes going over for me is is one of the major changes. So it's, um, you know, access to, to good coaches, um, access to playing international baseball. I know that, you know, when I went over to um, start my professional career, it was probably my second Second time that I played baseball outside of Australia. The first one was a, on a national team in Mexico when I was 15. And um, you know, looking at, at players now um, from Australia who um, you know heading into college and, and professional baseball, they seem to um, to have you know five, six um, international trips under their belt, and you know world championships and you know different different opportunities there. So yeah, the world's definitely gotten smaller. The access to um, you know quality coaching, the access to programming, and um, you know, just the advancements in, in athlete development, um, you know, have been huge in comparison to, um, you know, what we first got um, going into professional baseball, that's for sure.
0: So for those unawares, it's <clears throat> safe to say you're probably one of the more highly regarded prospects to come out of Australia. What, I guess, what were your, what were the tools that you were signed on?
1: Um, yes, yeah, so I was I was an infielder, um, you know, so I was playing shortstop. And, you know, like I was, Probably wasn't the fastest guy going around, but you know we ran a you know six eight in the 60s, so you know probably an average average runner. Um, I was a switch hitter with um, power from both sides of the plate and um, had good arm strength and you know good fielding ability. So um, when I signed, I was sixteen and uh, I think it was about one hundred and sixty pounds or something in the, in the old <laughs> in the old scale. Um, so yeah, as I as I kind of grew into my body a little bit, I got a little bit heavier, so I had to you know shift across you know, to different positions. Um, but yeah, as a young guy, I had, you know, it's quite rangy um, in the infield, had good hands, um, good arm strength and, you know, power from both sides of the plate were probably the, um, you know, the, the four kind of main tools. I was never, ever a burner, um, you know, especially compared to some of the players that, that um, are in the US that, that you compare to in professional baseball. But, um, but yeah, it's um, they're, they're probably the tools that I was signed on and, and, you know, the, the areas of, of strength and I guess playing my position and, You know, I was fortunate, um, you know, to kind of be at the back end of, you know, guys like Graham Lloyd, David Nilsson, Craig Shipley, um, you know, having success in the major leagues and, you know, Australia having, you know, definite interest from professional teams. So there's a lot of interest down here and, and, you know, like I was, um, yeah, had those tools and and fortunate to be able to be scouted and and given the opportunity to be able to go and play.
0: So two other bits I want to touch on before we kind of, start doing the way back stop doing the way back machine um period of the podcast <laughs> but in, on a scale of zero to ten ten being absolutely um what was your level of preparation when you got off the plane like how ready were you for it in hindsight
1: i uh, oh, look probably in hindsight i would i would say um a three I was always, you know, like a hard worker. Um, We, I was involved in, you know, the ABL teams in Sydney. So I had kind of access to to guys that have been in professional baseball. Um, My parents, um, you know, took me over before I signed, um, you know, and somewhat of, you know, it was uh, was almost like a showcase of of sorts, but it was for them to get get a bit of a comfort level on what it would be like. So kind of knew what it was going to be like in terms of living arrangements and all those kind of things, but in terms of, you know, probably physical preparation. Um, yeah, probably, probably a three. You know, so I was practicing and and playing. You know, nearly every day here. But you know, the exposure to um, the velocity that I faced in professional baseball was something that that was um, that was um, you know a big adjustment for me. Um, playing every day um, and just the physical demands. I think so. You know, like I said before, i I'd not been on a consistent weight program. I hadn't lifted weights. You know, until I got over there. So. Um, you know all of a sudden my day was filled with um, you know getting in the field early uh, <laughs> early worker uh, you know in the infield or base running or hitting um, full days of practices and then, you know, games and then into the weight room. And, you know, for someone who, you know, wasn't, you know, kind of prepared physically for that, um, that was quite demanding, um, you know, on the body. And, you know, look, at it, I was a young 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 man and, and, you know, bulletproof at the time. And that's what I wanted to do. So I was always keen on getting over there, but, you know, just that daily grind. And um, I think that going in and, and having the expectation that I would go and have success right away is something that, you know, I was probably, um, you know, poorly prepared for as well. Um, so I kind of got caught up in my performance as opposed to my development um, early on. And, and that was uh, a bit of a struggle mentally for, for a young bloke going over there and, and trying to make his way in professional baseball.
0: So you're a little removed from it now, obviously, but what advice would you give or do you give to young players who sign professional deals? Like what, what's the key thing for them to really focus on in your opinion?
1: Uh, yeah, look, I, I think the key thing, and if I always look back if I'm a time over again and I have the chance to be able to speak to myself, um, you know, like the, the the one bit of advice I try and um, give players, yeah, it's, everyone's journey is different, but, um, you know, if they can just concentrate on being really, really good at getting better, um, then that's going to give them themselves the best chance. So I play with plenty of guys who... Um, you know, like, and and again, everyone has. If you get to get to the level of professional baseball, you're going in. You're going to have to have a really good level of work ethic. So, you know, you you take that as a given. But, um, you know, dedicating that work ethic just to be able to be able to get better every day, and just be really, really good at improving and really, really good at getting better is is something that, um, you know, I wish I had a, had the opportunity to be able to do. And, you know, like young, young, young guys, whenever they go and play, and young people, same thing though concentrate on performances and you can get caught up in you know your at-bats whether you're you know getting hits or not your batting average your ERAs and all those kind of things but yeah for me if I had a chance to be able to go back again um I would just concentrate on getting a little bit better every day uh, because the guys that I played with that advanced through the system they just continually got better and um you know even when they got to the big leagues they were looking at ways to be able to get better and better and better and and they're the guys that stick around and have you know really long and successful careers
0: words to live by kids um just sort of moving into, I still, I suppose, in the professional game, um, COVID's just thrown a spanner in the works. But a club still see over Australia as a place to come and get talent, or is that is it is it becoming harder to get signed out of Australia? What's your view on access to professional baseball to young Australian players as as it stands right now? And if you took COVID out of that picture, obviously, um, if if we went back to a perfect world, which we may that may never happen again, but um, <laughs> yeah, like where's the pro game in, in Australia right now as you see it?
1: Um, look, I think that there's, you know, like there's there's professional baseball spends you know, a lot of money, you know, sending, you know, really experienced people around the world to be able to find the best talent. So ultimately, um, you know, if you're good enough to be able to get an opportunity and, you know, you're showing – the tools that that those professional teams are looking for, um, then you know there's a potential to be able to get that opportunity. So, um, like I guess one thing that's changed between you know now and when I signed, um, you know there wasn't, you know, I went through my playing career and and you know I didn't play with anyone um, from Asia that had signed out of Asia as an example. Um, you know there was no Cuban players um, in the organisation that I played played for. There was no one from Europe. There was no one from Um, a lot of the countries. So the world is really, really growing. So, um, you know, teams are are doing a great job in terms of getting out and scouting the entire world. So um, there's more players available from more parts of the world um, in and around it. And, you know, like obviously with some of the changes in and around minor league baseball and some of the contraction, um, you know, some of those teams there, then it, it comes down to, you know, the amount of opportunities and the amount of players that are being scouted for those opportunities. So, um, yeah look it's, it's definitely challenging to, to be able to get signed and, and probably more challenging now um, than it ever has been but you know again it comes down to um, you know having those tools and and having the, um, the things that those teams are looking for and I guess just having the uh, the I guess the faith in your ability that you know, if you're continually getting better and if you're continually kind of showcasing and working on those tools that um, there's going to be enough opportunity to be able to get seen and you know if if you know, professional teams. You know, like <laughs> like what you've got, and think you've got the potential to be a big leaguer. Um, then there's still those opportunities out there. So. Australia is still very well represented in terms of, um, you know, people who, you know, scout for professional teams that are here. Um, you know, those guys get out to, you know, events that are hosted here in Australia. They're keeping track of players and, you know, obviously COVID's been a really challenging time for, um, for everyone in terms of getting an opportunity to be able to get out and play. Um, but I think that it's been, you know, probably shown and, and, you know, probably documented. I've read a couple of articles, um, you know, of late, you know, talking about organizations who've kind of, uh, won that battle through COVID in terms of player development and, you know, really kind of, um, you know, taking that opportunity to be able to develop their players when games weren't on last year in the minor leagues. So, um, yeah, I think that there's still opportunities for, for young players to continue to work on their trade and, you know, when the world does open up again and they do have an opportunity to be able to showcase their, their talent, that, their, um, you know, if they've got the, the tools and they're continually developing those tools and there's still opportunities there for
0: them. So... You're relatively new in the role as CEO of Baseball Australia. You've worked in and around baseball for most of your professional career. What What is your mandate coming in as the CEO? Um, so that's sort of part one of the question. And then it'd be really good, maybe you start with this bit, is what's the state of the game in Australia right now as you see it?
1: Yeah, look, the state of the game, um, you know, obviously going through the last period of COVID uh, has been really challenging. I think that there's a real um, desire from the baseball stakeholders and the people that, you know, I'm dealing with at the time is to be able to try and get baseball on again um, and get baseball playing again. So, you know, we were fortunate a lot long after I um, I started. We had the Women's Showcase in Adelaide as an example. And, you know, that was a, an event that had been delayed four or five times. And, you know, like the players down there were kind of resigned to the fact, oh, look, there's been interruptions, but how good is it that we're here? Um, same kind of thing with, you know, the whole Little League pathway um, events that we ran. Um, you know, there was one that was interrupted at Intermediate League, but... You know, the others got the, the chance to be able to, to go ahead and, and, you know, a couple of the Victorian teams missed out at Little League um, because of the shutdown there. But I think that there's a real desire to, to kind of get back to normality, um, but to do what we can to be able to get baseball going again. Um, you know, like ultimately that's what we're here for. And um, the baseball stakeholders, the, the kids, the people, the coaches, the umpires, the scorers, everyone involved in it. Um, they're involved because they love putting on games and they love seeing games played on there. So um, I think that that's what, you know, the, the general state of play is at the moment. And I think that there's a you know, desire for us to continue to move forward and, and continue to, to kind of get games on. Um, but yeah, in terms of a mandate of me coming into this role, obviously coming at the back end of a, a quite a challenging COVID period um you know is to, is to kind of just reset things a little bit and to be able to start to move things forward and you know obviously uh, I've had a, a lifetime of involvement in the game and you know I'm really keen to um you know do what I can to be able to help the stakeholders grow the game and I think that you know one of the strengths we have as a game is, is the passion in the sport and you know I think when you're speaking with baseball people they speak about the game so fondly and they love it and you know our ability as you know, Baseball Australia and, and, you know, the people who govern the game around the country um, to kind of tap into that passion, tap into that, that experience and that knowledge to really, um, you know, collaborate and work together on, on really growing the game is, is something that I'm keen to, um, keen to explore and, and keen, keen to kind of drive forward, um, you know, in my, my tenure as CEO. The, um,
0: the disruption to national tournaments and, and showcases and whatnot, what impact is that having at the moment?
1: Yeah, look, it is. I think that, you know, like from the perspective of, you know, like I put myself in in the shoes of being a young player again and, you know, like (laughs) you think that the world and the clock is ticking a lot faster than it actually is. Um, And if you're not getting the opportunities um, to be able to get out there and play, you're not getting the opportunities to be able to kind of, I guess, showcase your talent and compete, um, then there can be that underlying feeling of that you're really, really missing out on things. Um, you know, and I look, I feel for, you know, some of the young players who have missed out on their opportunities over the last, you know, kind of 12 to 18 months or so. Um, you know, and it's, it's so frustrating for them. It's frustrating for us. And, and, you know, we've, we've been, um, you know, like affected by it as much as everyone, you know, we want to put, put events on. We want to put showcases on and everything like that. But, um, you know, I think that, that there's probably an element, um, you know, within it that, you know that hard work and dedication, and and I guess you know making hay while the sun shines, and you know being able to get out there and you know do what you can in difficult circumstances, and and look, sort at the opening ceremony of the Olympics as an example, how challenging it's been for athletes from every sport, and you know I think that those that are continue to be dedicated to their craft and you know continue to work hard throughout this this um, you know challenging time will hopefully reap the benefits of it when they do get the chance to be able to kind of get out there and play again, and you know whether that's through performance, whether that's through opportunities to go to college or professional baseball and the like. Um, yeah, it's been been a been a quite a difficult difficult period, but um, you know I think that there's been um, you know some really good stories of players have you know continue to work hard, continue to have you know like faith in their ability, and um, you know and who've had opportunities to be able to go overseas, um, you know, throughout this tough period.
0: I think that was that was. You know, just ingrained with this belief that you get better, but b- you get better at baseball by playing baseball every day, and that was something that um, Tyler Anderson said to me. He's like, "Well, a lot of guys dramatically improved because they actually had a period of time to dedicate themselves to the training side of things." You know that you understand mm. that being stronger and faster is an advantage. So dedicating your time to doing these, And that's what I've sort of seen from some of these high performance programs It's like, okay, well, we're not going to be on the field as much, but these are the programs you need to have in place. And this is your time to dedicate yourself to the training side of things. And that's, you know, what you touched on at the start, the advice you could give to yourself as a, a younger man was, you know, just get better at getting better. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. those players who sort of embrace, well, we're not going to play, but I'm going to do these things to keep rounding out my game or rounding myself out physically. They're the ones who, are going to come back ready to go. So I think that's been quite an eye-opening experience for a lot of people, um, just the, the advances you can make. and But that that's, comes with the evolution of the game. Like 10, 20 years ago, we didn't even think about, well, I'm just going to get really, really big and really, really strong, and that's going to help me because there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of information that said, you know, pitches shouldn't get big. And I was like, well, that's not true. So um, I think that's been an interesting mm. kind of side benefit to a pandemic is players really drilling in on, their physical training and their awareness of what they need to do to get better. Um,
1: yeah, and it's, it's, it's probably a really good habit to be able to get into as well. So, you know, like as, you know, when uh, when I was, you know, growing up, had the fortune to, to kind of play uh, some winter ball and, you know, play different events and it was almost like as many games as we could get in, as many, um, you know, practices as we could get in and all those kind of things. So I think that there's, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses for both. So, you know, like players might have missed out on that game opportunity and the ability to be able to really compete. Um, you know, which, which might take a little bit more time for them to kind of, um, I guess get up to speed with, you know, when they're over there. But, um, you know, as I mentioned, when, when I went to the US, I hadn't lifted a weight and, um, I'm, I'm over there in the same clubhouse and on the same team and competing with the same guys who, you know, it's commonplace for them in high school to be lifting weights and to have training sessions and, you know, kind of had, you know, kind of dedicated off-season programs and all this kind of stuff. So I think it'd be really interesting, you know, I guess, you know, like as someone who, you know, worked in a little bit in the scouting industry as well, you know, like you have a mental picture of a player the last time that you saw them. And, you know, like when they turn up, you know, one of the first things that, that um, a scout will look at is, you know, like the the body shape of someone and they you know, like whether they're in really good shape, whether they've gotten stronger or not um, compared to their last notes. So, yeah, like those 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 guys that have, you know, kind of really dedicated themselves to, you know, getting stronger and, and making the most of the time off, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, I think we'll definitely see the benefits of it, you know, from from a performance aspect, but also too from an opportunity aspect. So it's always difficult to be able to do it. And, and you know, like people love to play, um, people love to be able to get opportunities. It's critical for their, their development to be able to do it. But if that's taken away from you and you can really kind of insert you know, some dedicated training and, and, you know, dedicated primary programming to be able to get better, then, um, you know, obviously it's going to have a better impact when you do get the opportunity to be able to play again.
0: So we've got a um, quota on wanky terms used on the podcast. And I've used one because yeah. uh, I used the word mandate. I'm going to use my second one yeah. now, which is vision. Um, <laughs> yeah. What? What is your vision or what is Baseball Australia's vision for player development because you know there's there is Baseball Australia but then every state operates so now you have you got frameworks across every state or do you let those states operate like and and in a perfect world how would player development work in Australia
1: yeah it's, it's a really good question because I think that um you know there's different constraints in different areas um you know there's different competition models in different areas as an example so um, look, we've we've worked closely, baseball Australian in my former role, um, you know, worked closely closely with the, you know, state sporting organisations on the delivery of, of development programming. Um, you know, I think for us, the you know insertion of of some of the technology devices that, that have kind of come in, come into place over the last you know three or four years that we've had in place is, um, you know, really kind of helped us. Um, make informed decisions in terms of, you know, like either player selection or tracking whether players are getting better or not, um, but also to closing the loop in terms of, you know, w- comparisons to um, counterparts that are around the world. So, um, you know, the world's getting getting uh, a little bit smaller with the use of technology and, you know, the ability to be able to kind of, um, you know, take what we're doing here, compare it to, you know, counterparts that are around the world who are world-class um, to really kind of provide that context for Athletes and coaches and people that are around the game that, um, you know, you may be the best player in your program, um, in your state, but, you know, in comparison to, you know, someone in the US or, you know, someone in, in Japan or Korea or Taiwan that you might have to compete against in a world championship or, um, you know, if you're going into professional baseball, um, this is where you sit against them. So, um, I think that utilizing technology, um, being able to kind of um, benchmark athletes against those around the world is something that, I think that we've that we really, really improved on. Um, but look, there's, there's, you know, like it, it comes down to, you know, access to, um, you know, training and facilities and, you know, there's, there's multiple people that are putting, you know, a lot of work in to be able to help develop athletes. And, you know, from a Baseball Australia perspective, you know, how we can kind of facilitate those opportunities and, you know, provide, um, you know, support around making those those opportunities better, whether it's through technology, whether it's through um, coach education, whether it's through um, you know other support programs, is is something that's um, important to us and something we continue to work on. And and for us as well, um, the end game and and you know us as Baseball Australia, we've we've got a um, you know real desire to be able to develop athletes because we want to see them go on to play professional baseball. We want to see them um, go on and and you know playing college baseball. But um, you know our main aim is to be able to develop you know an athlete cohort that um plays for Team Australia that can you know represent Australia on the international stage and you know stand on the podium and you know continue to drive our our kind of international baseball um, you know rankings up and and you know for us to be able to put on a really good show internationally um, as Team Australia so that's what it comes down to there and and you know there's there's so much opportunity in our sport in comparison to others um you know for for our athletes to go overseas and. Um, you know, if we can give them those opportunities and we can support them along the way, um, then hopefully we're we're developing a, a big athlete cohort that the rest of the country can, you know, sit there and cheer on at a Premier Twelve or a you know WBC or hopefully at the Los Angeles twenty twenty eight Olympics or um you know fingers crossed if baseball can get back on the full time schedule um you know we can see a team Australia competing at home in Brisbane
0: mm. the 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 advances in technology where so the the thing that's always amusing and frustrating with baseball is like what it takes to sign a professional contract can be so confusing to young players and Mm. parents and yeah yeah my kid hits five hundred why he hasn't signed a pro deal and we're sort of trying to educate people and well these are the tools that get you on the radar but the ability I think what could be cool is well for example this is a kid who signed and this is the ratings and the measurements and the tools and provide averages to the broader population so they can see, well, this is the standard that you need to get to and take away some of the misnomers around, well, he got signed because they like him. It's like I, very few people get signed because someone likes you personally. They, you know, everyone's got their, their name on the line. So how do you use data to, to both showcase what it is that people have achieved to be signed but also to set benchmarks and show younger players and parents that, well, in order to get there, this is kind of the area you need to be in. And I think technology and the the pace at which you can video a kid or record a kid doing something and then sort of showcase some of the metrics, I'm not talking about giving away their personal information, but just sort of aggregating it and showing it off, um, can really help educate, well, this is the level you need to get to. So I think the technology has potentially opened up Australia if we can produce athletes um, of the caliber it opens us up again to be a breeding ground for professional baseball players so I kind of like where you're going with that side of things um,
1: yes yeah, definitely yeah look at it, it, like I it said it's it, um, you know it provides context and you know I think that it's um, you know getting back to you know players improving and getting really good at getting better um, you know some players are better than others at younger age groups because they're stronger or more developed and uh, you know like baseball seems plenty of late developers so yeah like having the understanding of where you know where where we need to get to so um you know similar to you know if if young people are out there watching the olympics at the moment um you know you know that if you want to win a gold medal in the 100 meter sprint you have to be you know sub 10 seconds and you know probably in the mid mid nines to to be a world record holder and same thing with swimming so um yeah it's a little bit different with baseball for sure but you know, we know what, you know, those top players are doing around the world. We know what, you know, like some of those players are doing at similar age groups in and around it. And, you know, I think that that information's, you know, really um, valuable for people to be able to get a context and, you know, something to benchmark themselves against and something to work towards. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's definitely, yeah, definitely something to be able to do. And, and look, I, I, everyone has aspirations of playing professional baseball and being major leaguers. And it's, it's one thing that, you know, makes people so passionate about it, um, you know, staying involved in it. But um, yeah, if, if players and, and parents can, you know, really concentrate on um, loving the game and enjoying it and, you know, working really hard to be able to get better, um, you know, some of those numbers are great to be able to kind of prove um, that hard work is really valuable as well. You know, if you're, you're throwing 70 miles an hour, but your top velocity is only going to be 80 and you never get a chance to be able to go and play professional baseball or something like that, you know, at least you've, you've shown that you know, you're continually improving and, and continually trying to get better and, and that might make you a you know, a really good college player or a really good club player and, and you know, have a, a really good experience and, and um, you know, pathway and, and career in the game, regardless of where it is.
0: So I'm going to take COVID off the answer list here because it's the easy one, but what are some of the challenges facing baseball in Australia and how how do we tackle them?
1: Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. I think that... Um, One of the challenges is probably um, around facilities and the like and, you know, like opportunities for... Um, you know, athletes to get, get out there and, and you know, like really kind of get their work in and, and I guess access to some of the technology, um, you know, from a, a broader perspective um, is a bit of a challenge. Um, but I think it's a challenge for a lot of sports and there's a lot of research out there around, um, you know, young athletes having, you know, access to facilities that are close to home um, to really kind of drive, um, you know, like participation in the game. So that's, you know, one challenge that I see. Um, I think that, you know, like our... Um, yeah ability and again it's very very much a COVID lens at the moment but uh but yeah for us the one of the challenge will be you know for us to be able to kind of get our international calendar settled again and you know some of the challenges in and around um you know the future of international baseball based on the interruptions over the last um few years or so um but yeah look I think that you know like again very COVID related but um getting baseball up and running again and, and getting kind of that structure back in life where we can start to really plan for things is is probably the major challenge that's, um, that's on the forefront right now. Um, and then, and, you know, from a, I guess a, a full systems, you know, view there, um, how we can, you know, attract, um, as many young athletes to the game as possible. And once we get them into the game, um, how we can put a product on, you know, whether it's, um, through games and training programs and, you know, different activations within the game, um, you know, to be able to keep them in the game. So I think it's a sport, it's a challenge for all sports to be able to retain um, athletes throughout the pathway. And um, yeah, it's, it's no no different than us. So yeah, probably the main challenges there of, you know, obviously um, getting as many young players into the, into the game as possible and keeping them there for the long haul.
0: The facilities one's interesting and I hadn't really thought of it until you said it, but you know, Australia's baseball is not a major sport in Australia. So therefore most of the high performance programs run out of a hub in a state. And if you don't live close to that, then you're kind of screwed. So, um, yeah, I I just, Yeah. And that's probably a
1: broader piece. Yeah. From a, you know, probably a sport perspective. And I think that, that most sports struggle with it. I think that if you had a conversation with a lot of different sports, they'd you know kind of rate facilities as a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, we've, been really fortunate that there's been some investment um and some real improvements so you know facilities around the country and you know if you go to go to certain certain locations like you said uh, you know you head into to where some of the the programs are run um there's some really good facilities and um you know really good good access to it um but also too in in some of those places the the athletes you know having to drive um significant distances um to be able to get to training and you know, also to, um, you know, like significant distances just to play club ball or something, um, you know, can tip potentially be a barrier to, you know, people wanting to play the game or, or stay in the game. So, um, yeah, it's always a challenge and everyone's fighting for green space all over the place. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not sure if it's an easy problem to solve, but um, but I know that's one that our, um, you know, state partners are, you know, like constantly talking about and, and looking at ways to be able to um, to make sure that there's facilities for people to be able to get out there and play and, and. You know that investment can go into facilities whether through local government state government support or or federal government support
0: so obviously conscious of your time but i think one area that i'd probably like to finish on is just this the abl and um, mm-hmm. you know it's a moving feast and no one really knows what's happening but what's your sense of what this season might look like will we have all the teams back in and, and what logistical nightmares are you kind of going through at the moment and as much as you can disclose obviously at this stage
1: yeah, so, um, yeah, so we, there's, um, uh, 16 weeks. So all the, the domestically based teams, all the Australian based teams this year will be, um, will be competing. So obviously, um, you know, border closures, the challenges of getting international people, um, or international teams in, um, you know, was something that, that, uh, Auckland and Geelong Korea, um, you know, have, <laughs> found insurmountable and, and that are sitting out this year. So, um, yeah, we're working really closely with the, you know, six um, domestically-based teams on, you know, what the schedule looks like. And, you know, we worked uh, really hard with it. So looking to be able to announce the schedule um, next week. Now, obviously, um, yeah, there's some, there's some you know, current challenges of people in lockdown. But, um, yeah, no, we're, we're optimistic that we can um, get the season going again. It was um, a bit challenging last year with some of the lockdowns and, and continual schedule um, changes and the like. But I think that it, it probably showcased um, – you know everyone's agility and and you know our willingness to be able to kind of put put games on um, you know for the teams and for fans and everything out there now. So um, yeah, really dedicated uh, group of um, you know team owners and and you know us as a league. Uh, we're really keen to be able to push things forward. So yeah, schedule announcement coming quite soon. And um, yeah, we'll continue to to work towards um, you know successful um, season twenty one twenty two. And uh, keep our fingers crossed that. Um, there's not too much interruptions like it was last year, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's challenging times for everyone, and I don't think anyone's immune to it. So when you know the major football codes are, are having to move um, entire seasons in different locations, you know at the drop of the hat, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's immune to it, and um, yeah, we'll um, we'll do what we can to be prepared for it and be ready to make adjustments where needed.
0: And imports or you know players from outside of Australia are typically sort of big components of teams what's your sense across the six franchises as to whether or not they'll be bringing in imports and how how accessible will those players be? because obviously they're gonna to have to lock down so uh, or oh, sorry quarantine um yeah what's your sense on teams looking to bring imports in or will there be more of a focus on trying to fill local based players
1: Yeah, probably a combination of both. You know, so teams, you know, work really closely with their, their, you know, international partners. A lot of our teams have, you know, connections with MLB clubs and, you know, those conversations are ongoing and, and there's still a desire to be able to have, you know, import players in the league, you know, because they, they bring, you know, value to the league and increase the standard and, and the like. And, you know, teams are currently working through it. You know, obviously there's, you know, challenges in, in terms of, um, you know, getting players in the country that, you know, like the teams are working on and the league is working on. And, um, you know, last year we, we worked closely with the Department of Home Affairs and, you know, they were they were – um, you know, quite helpful in in you know assisting us to be able to get the the players into the league. Um, you know, to be able to help our international growth, it's it's important for the league as well. So, um, yeah, the teams are currently working on that. Um, probably a little bit too early to tell mm. in terms of, uh, of of how it will all pan out. But uh, but yeah, we're having the right conversations with the right people and. Um, yeah, teams are, are definitely working, working hard in, in terms of, um, you know, having players available and, and imports coming in um, for this season, but also to, um, you know, planning their rosters with, um, you know, with Australian players and, and the like. So, yeah, can't divulge too much. But, uh, yeah, some contracts and everything coming through of, of you know, some young Australian players that, that are there. So, uh, yeah, teams are definitely preparing for, um, for a big season this year.
0: Well, Glenn, thanks very much for your time. we we'll let you get back to driving the bus, which is, or that is, uh, Baseball Australia. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. I really appreciate your insights and, uh, and good luck in the gig.
1: No, I really appreciate it. Nice to be on today. Thanks, man.